Hi, welcome to episode 7 of North of 48. Are we home free now? Before we get into the Pfizer report, in the news from uh, that pharmaceutical company, let's talk a little bit about Canada. 14-day trend is going up. There's 3,896 daily cases. That's 11 per 100,000. In the U.S. of A, you have 34 cases per 100,000 people, and you got an average daily cases of 111,175. The... Um, just looking at the world map, Europe and two countries in Africa, Libya and Morocco, are hard hit. But the rest of Africa, except for Botswana, is, uh, is pretty good. South America, Argentina is a hard hit. Colombia is hard hit. Russia is hard hit. But Mongolia, mainland China, Australia, they're doing really, really well. Let's look at the jobless numbers. For uh, Canada, is 9.9% uh, unemployment right now. In the U.S., 7.9% as of September. Fell from 8.4% in August. So let's look at the drug maker Pfizer, which announced on Monday that an Early analysis of its coronavirus vaccine trial suggested the vaccine was robust and effective in preventing COVID-19, and they figure it has a kill rate of the COVID-19 of 90%. Now, it ranks right up there with the vaccine for measles, if it's at 90%. No serious safety concerns have been observed so far, the company has said. And once it collects the recommended two months of safety data, by the end of the year, it will have manufactured enough doses to immunize 15 million to 20 million people, company executives have said. Um, I, I mean, that's amazing. I'm not so sure I'm going to rush out and get it. I've been, uh, we've been in our bubble, family and I, making sure that uh, we don't get it. Try not to get it. Now that the U.S. elections have been, uh, while it appears uh, Joe Biden has won, I know there's going to be some court challenges. I wonder what that's going to do with uh, an effect to the economy and to, and to work. One of the main differences I personally have with Joe Biden, a lot of people have, was the TPP, which Canada did enter, which uh, sucks all around. Because if we've learned something from COVID, it's these world supply chain networks that got us in trouble. I'm not one for uh, not being willing to work with other countries. That's what I do. It's just that right now I think we should still be cautious. Um, another thing to note is uh, Biden has said he will kill the Keystone Pipeline coming south from Alberta. Now, contrary to popular opinion, most Albertans don't want it to go south into the U.S. Reason being is that's just raw bitumen, bitumen base, going down into um, Texas refineries to get refined, and we'd rather refine it up here 
and ship a finished product or have it go east and west. But that is a whole different story and a lot of people are upset about it. Uh, safe to say though that once the pipeline's built, there's not that many jobs left, except maybe for in the mining, um, mining the, the uh, bitumen. Sometimes I think Canada is a lot like Malaysia, which supplies uh, rubber uh, through the world, mainly to China and fiber, and uh, not producing own, their own finished products. In my opinion, the money, the jobs have always been in processed products, products that your country sells and not just the, uh, the base materials or ingredients. Now, with the, um, is it the end of COVID? I don't know. Nobody knows that. There's uh, second and third waves happening in some of the countries. It's uh, amazing how the Western uh, countries are the ones that were harder hit. But their global supply chain is all over the world coming from uh, other countries and uh, maybe transporting the infection or the people that do have it. And, and that uh, it's not going to stop yet. So when things kick into gear and the airlines start flying again and you can go see relatives or friends or go for your vacation, well, the country that you're in already have the vaccine. I, you know, it depends where you go. The vaccine itself from Pfizer is supposed to be highly refrigerated and a lot of third world countries lack the resources, the technology to uh, keep these um, refrigerated at a proper temperature so it doesn't spoil the vaccine. The um, dry ice market, if you got some money, throw it in that into your shares. Should make a tidy profit. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but there's still, uh, it's going to take a while to get out of this nightmare. And then there is a chance uh, that it will, the virus will mutate again and they'll have to develop another vaccine. Right now in Denmark, uh, there's 4,000 mink and they're sitting about to destroy it because in one farm, 400 mink had COVID that uh, they don't want to be able to uh, mutate and come into humans. I believe humans gave it to the mink and now the mink have it and we don't, they don't want it to come into humans or into other livestock. So, there's still a danger, um, but the good news is there is a vaccine, and I, China's already vaccinated uh, quite a bit of their population. Russia has as well. They've been very silent on the reports uh, coming out of those countries if it's been a success or not. So, with the with the vaccine, you know, news, will employers be more tempted to hire now? Are they going to take a wait and see attitude? Is it, are the governments still going to be able to to help people who need it with a UBI in, or an income supplement? And the wealthy countries will get the vaccine first. Let's face it, they put money up already to have doses in each country. Which makes me wonder how some people are surviving in countries for work, uh, especially when um, places like India. India's coronavirus cases have hit 3 million with no peak in sight. The country of 1.4 billion people is adding tens of thousands of new cases daily as the virus spreads from the mega cities to the rest of the country. 
India has the third highest total of COVID-19 cases behind the United States and Brazil. However, it is on track to outpace them both and is already number one in terms of new infections. Following a pattern seen in other countries, coronavirus cases in India emerged in the major metros. Cases kept surging in Delhi, Mumbai and Ahmedabad, even after the government of Narendra Modi imposed one of the world's strictest lockdowns. What followed was a mass exodus of migrant workers. Crucially, they brought the virus home with them. India's fatality rate is 1.9% compared to 3.1% in the United States. Officials in New Delhi say that that is proof that they have handled the coronavirus outbreak successfully. However, the low rate may be a result of the country's young population or previous immunity from other diseases. Experts also warn that the country could be underreporting its deaths and that the ratio could change. The coronavirus pandemic hit as the economy was already faltering. Growth rates of 8% seen at the beginning of the century are now in the past, with India set to see its biggest economic contraction on record. Gross domestic product is expected to shrink more than 5%. The initial hit of COVID-19 on the economy was already worse than in other countries, but even more worrying is the rate of recovery. The bounce back of Asia's third largest economy is slower than its peers, with industries from cars to jewelry struggling to recover. A collapse in domestic demand has worsened the outlook for economic growth, and an already weak banking sector is facing a wave of non-performing loans. That in turn will make the banks more risk averse, putting the brakes on a nascent recovery. What's more, India's growing middle class has been set back by the pandemic with millions losing their job and millions more taking pay cuts. The World Bank has warned that the pandemic risks reversing years of economic gain in India and that it can push millions of Indians back into poverty. That was a report from the Financial Times. Stephanie Finley was reporting. Just to keep things in perspective, last month the World Bank estimated that the pandemic would push between 88 and 115 million people into extreme poverty this year, potentially climbing to a total of 150 million during 2021. Um, the UN World Food Program has doubled its pre-COVID estimates of hungry people to project that 265 million would face crisis levels unless direct action is taken. Engaging in a coordinated global effort to share vaccines across border is the only means of beating the coronavirus. And this is coming from the UN. It's UN ex experts stress there is no room for nationalism in fighting this pandemic. Unfortunately, some governments are trying to secure vaccines only for their own citizens. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean to say that in a sarcastic way, yes, they have. And they've put the money up towards it. Um, I don't know how we need to, to be able to get these vaccines, if they work, to the other countries. And I'm surprised Russia and China already haven't done it. Um, pandemic depends on a mass immunization. Under, under international human rights laws, access to any COVID-19 vaccine and treatment must be made available to all who need them within and across countries. 
um, primarily the, the people living in, living in dictatorships or poverty-stricken nations. Uh, dollars to donuts, they'll, they'll be getting at last. I don't know, is there a right way to, who, who should get it first? Well, the hardest hit countries are in the West. So I would assume they, the Western countries who put up the money for the vaccine and have the production capabilities should probably get it as well, probably first. Allowance has to be made for the third world countries. I get that. How, how do we do that? Are we going to have enough vaccines available for the third world countries? How are we going to transport them there and be able to keep them in um, refrigerated stasis? And there are multiple vaccine trials going on in the world. Um, Pfizer has done... Uh, a test with 10,000 subjects, so that's that's good news. I didn't think they had that many. It'll still take a couple of months before they get their T's crossed and their I's dotted. And in um, October, China is among three additional countries to have signed on to a global initiative that aims to ensure fair and equitable access to a COVID-19 vaccine once developed. Reading from an article on Times, on Times, from Times, about Singapore. It was once seen as a model for how to hold back the coronavirus. They had done really good. But now the tiny city-state with a population of 5.6 million has the most reported coronavirus cases in Southeast Asia. Uh, officials recorded a daily, new daily record, more than 1,400 additional cases. Experts say the surge, which began last week, is due largely to local officials underestimating the vulnerability of the city's migrant workers who lived in cramped dormitories with up to 20 people to a room. Now that is nothing new. Up in the, in the U.S. with uh, vegetable picking and fruit picking, uh, migrant workers are living in um, dormitories in Ontario. Um, Mexican workers were up up there picking tomatoes and uh, etc. And uh, they had caught coronavirus as well. And Ontario came in with some rules um, to segregate. Which brings me to another pet peeve of mine. We've gotten so used to, well, let's face it, the farmer's not getting the money. The supermarkets have made out like bandits this year because people are, are cooking at home and the middlemen, maybe the stockyards made money, but it's the supermarkets. The farmers aren't, aren't getting, getting next to FA on, on their, um, on their product from beef. Beef prices are high. Farmers not getting that money. The stockyards not getting that money. It's the supermarket. They, it's, it's like the price of gas. Why does the price of gas go up when, when nobody's driving? Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's, you know, they're making a buck, these supermarkets. But I digress from my point. Um, yes, migrant workers come in and they pick our fruits and our vegetables. And um, they're happy to make the money to send back home. But with my rant about supermarkets, I mean, the farmers can pay better if they had some of that money that the supermarkets are making 
in order to pick the produce and maybe some of the the people in the, who are in the country without a job would go do it in britain that actually happened um quite a few people because the polish and romanian workers used to come in there uh to pick produce and this year quite a few people who are citizens of england or of the uk went out and and did the job i'm not saying it's a great job but it's a job which brings me right back to a point i alluded to earlier the people in the country who have who can make money spend that money in their country instead of it getting sent overseas and the reason these workers are coming up here is because there's no jobs in their own country and that's precisely the fault of big corporations they go into those countries pay peanuts and take the profits out of the country instead of pouring some of their profits into the country so they you could build the economy in these in these countries what I would like to see the food industry become, instead of um, a few players controlling it, I would like to see farms set up outside of cities, like they used to, with uh, very low travel mileage on the produce or vegetables coming into the store. When I was growing up, the only time you seen mandarins was uh, during Christmas, and they came from Japan. And now we get Chinese mandarins and other ones year-round well it's it's nice but those oranges mandarins sure do a lot of travel and i've really went off topic here because the topic is are we home free yet well the virus is still out in the world vaccinations are coming yay jobs i don't know man i don't know if these companies are going to start to hire but one of the big ticket solutions probably is manufacture and produce in your home country. Put your profits into your home country. Get a base of talented and skilled workers. And for heaven's sake, start voting the right type of politician in an office. Don't vote against you or your fellow man's own best interests. I think in the year 2020, we're tired of the crap politicians uh, lay on us because they don't have a friggin' clue. I'd like to see a farmer, a native ban elder, other people involved in politics, and not just for their own gain. That's what has ruined our, our economy. Yet, we have to live in this world. And uh, I hope uh, you're, you're doing okay with your job hunting. I hope if you have a house, you got mortgage insurance. Uh, for job loss and you were able to claim it that'll help i think we still got to squeeze our dimes and our nickels and uh, pay down any credit card debt we can because lordy 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 if there's another boom as we say in alberta i ain't gonna piss it away this time thanks for listening to north of 48